Hello all and welcome to Wake Up With Marcy, a show of hope and inspiration. Today we will learn how we can help our teens and college students struggling with mental health, life-saving lessons to prevent school mass shootings, and a great non-alcoholic alternative for those that have been participating in Dry January or for those who have quit drinking altogether. We first touch on a very difficult subject, but one we must discuss to create change. Here to discuss life-saving lessons to prevent school mass shootings is actress, creator, and executive producer, Cassie Skirbo. She is here to discuss her documentary, Code Red, Youth of the Nation. Next, we discuss how COVID has affected our teens and college students, what to look for if our children are struggling with a mental health disorder, and what we can do to help with Dr. Tamir Aldad, CEO and founder of Mindful Care, an urgent care model for mental health. Lastly, we learn about a great new mocktail with Beth Ann Schaefer, CEO and founder of Nope Beverages. Now let's meet my incredible guests and move towards a life of happiness. We now meet Cassie Skirbo, actress, creator, and executive producer of the documentary, Code Red. Welcome to the show, Cassie. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's so wonderful to have you and talk about what you're doing and the change you are trying to create. So again, thank you for all that you're doing. Oh, absolutely. And I couldn't do it without an incredible team. You know, it takes a village to really create something meaningful. It does. um, I'm just so grateful for the incredible team behind Code Red. Yeah, fantastic. So you created and you were the executive producer of Code Red. And Mm -hmm. let me tell you, this documentary, I mean, it shakes you to the core. Yeah. And you're showing clips from the Parkland shooting at Stoneman Douglas School in 2018 and interviews with like-minded activists like you. So what are you hoping that the documentary teaches a viewer? You know, at the end of the day, this we can't change that this nightmare took place back in 2018. But what we can do is ensure that these 17 beautiful lives that were taken from us, that it wasn't in vain and that we create change moving forward. And we do that in this documentary by breaking it down in 11 lessons to really educate the viewer. It's really, you know, it's hard hitting and it's not easy to watch, but we cannot turn a blind eye because I really do feel that watching this documentary, the more people that watch it, the more that we educate um, the viewers that we can save lives moving forward. We really took the time, um, Connor Riley specifically, our director and producer, um, really took the time to research um, every single mishap that happened that day. And, um, you know, it took four years because we really wanted to get it right. And we really do break down everything that went wrong that day. And not just that day, but, you know, with other, you know, mass shootings in the past in in schools and whatnot. So, right. um, And you, and there's one thing you say that this isn't about reliving it. Right. It's about teaching. Absolutely. uh, What the mishaps were and the changes we can make and how we can make a difference for the, our children and our lawmakers and the teachers and everyone involved. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. The whole point of it, it wasn't to just retell, um, 
you know, or to relive this horrific day. It is to really break down what went wrong from the security cameras being on a 20 minute delay to the on-site officer not engaging and neutralizing to, um, you know, ensuring that everybody, that teachers really do participate in active shooter training. It's not a lengthy process, but it can save lives. And the teachers that had undergone these, um, you know, the active shooter training, they knew exactly what to do. They knew the difference between a code red and a fire alarm. They knew how to keep their, you know, their students safe, um, so on and so forth. The documentary does an incredible job at breaking down policies that people are very unaware of, um, you know. And then, of course, there's mental health. We are in a mental health crisis right now. There are more school shootings now than ever before. It's knowing the red flags. There were so many red flags, and it gives me chills, and it really does make me a little enraged that nothing was really truly done about that. Mm-hmm. And also understanding um, how to properly take care of the students afterwards, you know, survivor's guilt, making sure that we have psychologists on hand. But of course, we don't want to get to that point anymore. We want to really be able to eradicate these mass shootings from happening. And I think that the documentary does a really good job at, you know, um, facilitating that, ensuring that we know what went wrong and how to make a difference moving forward so that we can keep kids safe. Yes. So talking about mental health and red flags, and it is at an all-time high right now and a true crisis. So let's talk about if we do start seeing some red flags or students are seeing red flags, what can we do? Yeah. I mean, you know, unfortunately, this is a this is a big subject to to talk about because not everybody has the proper mental health care, and that is scary. Um, but I do feel that you know this stu- this the shooter was um, transferred back and forth from Marjorie Stoneman Douglas to um, you know a school for mentally challenged uh, individuals, mm-hmm. and um, you know the system failed by not really ensuring that he was not let back onto that campus. And, um, you know, it's important that we know the red flag so that these these kids can seek therapy and get the proper help before yeah. they, um, you know, go on to taking 17 <laughs> lives. Um, right. When they a- actually going through with uh, the threats that they yeah. are putting out there, the red flags and such. Let's take a Let's take a look at a clip. When I make the decision to open the door and I'd say to Leah, are you the bad guy? And she says, no, I just want to come in. As the door is open and I'm letting her in, I hear more gunfire. And I look at the kids and I say, you guys, I'm going to need you in the corner. So like I said, I mean, that's just a small piece of this documentary, but so impactful. I mean, it really hits home. When you, if you have children... This is something that you must see because we need to also be having these conversations at home and not just uh, depending on the teachers and the school to deal with it. This is something that we need to be involved with. Yeah. And so let's talk about, I mean, the ultimate outcome that you hope to make with this film. Yes. um, Honestly, at the end of the day, it's about education. It's about, like I said earlier, not turning a blind eye to making sure that teachers know the difference that they are taking on these active shooter trainings to, to you know, making sure that people know 
everything that's inside of a trauma kit and how to use everything that's inside of the trauma kit. You know, every victim that had a survivable gunshot wound that day did survive because people did know how to use everything that was inside of the kit. Um, You know, like we said before, knowing the red flags, making sure that students are getting the proper help, um, that they are seeking guidance and that they're getting on maybe whatever it may be, a a certain regimen with therapy and whatnot, because we are in a mental health crisis and, you know, we want to stop it in its tracks. We don't want people to, um, you know, go to the links that this shooter went right. um, because he was severely mentally challenged. Tell us where can we see the film and get in touch with you and just really help to, to create the change. Absolutely. Well, um, Connor Riley, our producer and um, director, him and his sister started a foundation called uh, the Code Red Foundation. They have a website up explaining exactly what they're aiming to do and where the um, you know proceeds will be going towards trauma kits and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you can find me anywhere under my name at Cassie Skirbo on social media. Um, and you can watch this documentary on Amazon, Apple, Google. Um, yeah, we're just so yeah. happy it's finally out there. And I just wanted to say once again, you know, we are in a mental health crisis. And of course, you know, mental health care is, is a big buzzword right now. It's a topic and it's, it's sad, but there are so many ways to get help. You're 100% correct on that. We have access from our smartphones to our computers. Just if you just type basically anything in, there will be support out there. People are willing to help. They're willing to listen. There are organizations that, um, you know, this is exactly what they do. They help people who um, ne- can't necessarily afford, you know, the extremely expensive therapist that might be out there, but there yeah. is help. And, um, you know, there is help. There I just want to reiterate that. And thank you so much for yeah. bringing that up. Thank you so much for coming on Wake Up with Marcy and for the incredible work you're doing. And I just wish you so much. Uh, just, th- I just hope that this outcome from this film really makes an impact. And I think it will. And the more that we get out there and the more we talk about it, it really will help to create that change that you're looking to do. So thank you so much again for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. After the break, we will learn about the mental health crisis affecting our teens and college students and what we can do. Now meet Dr. Tamir Aldad, founder and CEO of Mindful Care. Welcome to the show, Dr. Aldad. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so we've been talking a lot about mental health and the crisis uh, that's going on right now. So can you tell us how COVID has affected our teens and college students? Absolutely. College and high school age uh, children really develop a lot uh, in terms of their their maturity. And COVID exacerbated and amplified any sort of underlying mental illness. Uh, We saw an increase in anxiety, panic disorders, depression, substance use, primarily because 
children in those age groups were forced to adjust uh, to what was a very unnatural environment and didn't have the opportunity to develop skills that we expect uh, high school and college students to develop. So it was really challenging. And we're now dealing with the consequences every day. Yeah. So a lot of people out there will say, oh, kids are so resilient and they'll get through it. But we're seeing that is not true. And what would you say to those out there that think, oh, my kid can get through this? I think it's important to provide a lot of support, a lot of validation. Uh, Parents that are judgmental and critical are actually doing more harm than good. These young adults are going through a lot. COVID was taxing on all of us, but particularly for them, it changed their childhood permanently. Memories that you create in high school and college uh, last a lifetime. And we really need to create a safe space for these young adults uh, and and allow them to realize that it's appropriate to feel what they're feeling as they're adjusting and and making up for lost time, learning how to navigate life. And it's certainly difficult. And we really need to create an environment where they don't feel judged. They feel comfortable sharing any sort of changes in their mental health. And we give them the resources to succeed. Yeah, absolutely. So... Where can we find these resources? How, as parents, can we help our children if they are dealing with depression or any other mental health struggles? So the first thing is to be very uh, astute and recognize changes in, in your child, changes in sleep, appetite, concentration, energy, mood, things that they previously found enjoyable, they no longer find enjoy- enjoyable. Uh, being very alert and, and noticing those things is important. Uh, same thing with anxiety, panic attacks, um, uncontrolled nervousness that, that can't be resolved. So when you're seeing these changes in, in mood and in personality, it's important to address and acknowledge uh, without judgment. And then the, the resources that you need to access uh, are both therapy and seeing a mental health professional. And companies like Mindful Care really are committed to access to care with the goal of allowing people to see someone as soon as possible. So it's important that these individuals and parents connect with someone with mental health experience. It could be anything from a hotline to a therapist, to a psychiatrist, to a family physician, uh, to a psychiatric urgent care like ours. It doesn't really matter. The point is, is that you, you see someone as soon as possible once you see changes in mood and personality so they could be assessed. If our children are struggling, and they're not seeking help. They're not talking with us. They're not, they're just isolating. How can we help them? How can we pull them out of that isolation and just give us something so we can give them help that they need? Right. So that, that's a very difficult situation, especially if uh, a young adult or a child is resistant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the, the first thing to do is create a safe space. It's, it's what I said earlier, a lot of validation Uh, no judgment, and creating an environment where the child could share whatever they want, if they want, when they want, and with the hopes that they they will come forward. And many times we do see once parents are less aggressive, less critical, less pushy, uh, children decide to kind of fill that gap. It creates a vacuum where you can tell me whatever you want, whenever you want, no judgment, no consequences, no punishment, right? So it creates less of, less of a toxic kind of hostile, punitive environment and one that is more collaborative and supportive. Yeah, I, I think sometimes we as parents will keep talking and, and trying to like yeah. find out what is wrong when in reality, this is what I've even found for myself, that you just, you're quiet, 
and you allow them to talk because it takes them a while to get to the place where they're even comfortable to say anything. So yeah, no, it's, yeah. it's, it's counterintuitive. I could tell you as a parent myself, um, it, you know, it's easy to, to come here and preach and tell you what you should do. And then, but in the, in the heat of the moment, I turn, you know, into a, a dad, just like anyone else. And I have to yeah. remind myself what, what I know as a psychiatrist and not as a dad. Yeah. Uh, and it's difficult to do that, right? You want, yeah. you want to be there. You want, you want to give advice. And, um, I can speak for myself. I'm very much a fixer. So if mm-hmm. my, my kid has a problem, I want to fix it. And, and you actually shouldn't be trying to do that. You should really allow them to, to voice their concern, uh, partner with you in feeling better, allow them to feel safe to come forward and share whatever they want to share. So right. it is counterintuitive. I acknowledge that. Uh, but we have yeah. to really, really kind of fight that and, and remember that it's in the child's best interest to, to allow them to, to express themselves. So 100%. let's talk about finding a therapist and when should we reach out? When do we get help? Yeah, the, the, mo- the most important thing is when, when you see those symptoms, the ones I mentioned earlier, you're seeing a change in how your child is behaving, sleep, appetite, mood, um, anxiety. And once it's affecting their ability to function, that, that's when you should immediately reach out to a mental health professional. I okay. recommend either if your child is in a school, then it's the guidance counselor. If they're in a college, it's the college counseling center. If you have no resources and it's calling um, a suicide prevention hotline or a mental health hotline, but there's many access points. Uh, if you're in a state where we exist, um, you, can, you can go to a psychiatric urgent care like Mindful. But going to an access point where you speak to a professional to assess the severity of your symptoms and get care is really important mm-hmm. uh, because it, it could be life-changing. So parents should be on high alert for changes in their child's mood and behavior and then connect them with uh, first-line resources such as guidance counselors, hotlines, and urgent cares to, to get them the care they need as soon as possible. Wonderful. And you are doing amazing work through Mindful Care. So please tell us what Thank exactly you. you're doing and how we can reach out w- because there are so many of us that need help. Absolutely. So Mindful Care is the first ever psychiatric urgent care. We have a strong presence in New York, New Jersey, Illinois, Michigan, Connecticut, and Florida with both brick and mortar locations and uh, virtual online care. And more information can be found on our website, www.mindful.care. Thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about this incredible subject that we just, we're so desperate for help right now. And thank you for all that you're doing. Absolutely. And thank you. I, I salute you for bringing the awareness as we need to normalize the subject. Is, and that's really important. And you're at the front lines. It can help us do that. So thank you yeah. to you as well. Yes. Thank you. All right. Have a wonderful one. Bye-bye. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. When we come back, we will hear about a great mocktail with Beth Ann Schaefer, president and founder of Nope Beverages. Excited to now speak with Beth Ann Schaefer, CEO and founder of Nope Beverages. And she's going to share with us some mocktails. So, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? Great, great. Thank so, you so much for having me. Oh, it's wonderful to have you. And I'd love to hear the story behind your brand. It's Nope Brand and yes. how it came to fruition. Yep. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's great. Nope 
I'm not having the alcohol. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. There were really, um, you know, two reasons for naming it Nope. Um, one, the most important one was just to empower people to say no, that they weren't drinking. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think sometimes people feel like it's not something that they're comfortable saying or they're embarrassed or they, you know, we still have the peer pressure to have a cocktail in our hand and um, just being able to say, nope, I'm not drinking. And, and it's really just as simple as saying one word. Um, that's really all you owe anybody. Um, yeah. So that's um, that's why I named it Nope. But how it came to be was uh, my ex-husband is going to be six years sober this July. Mm. And there was just not anything out there that you could pop open. You could read the ingredients on the back of the panel without Googling them. Um, and that they weren't mimicking a beer or a wine or spirit because for him, for example, it, it's triggering. So, yeah. uh, you know, they had syrups and, you know, different things that you could mix. They had seltzer water, but there wasn't anything that had a lot of depth and layers uh, that was just easy to take with you. Yeah. And it's very true. I mean, those that are participating in dry January, it's great uh, to, to have these altern alternatives and the mocktails and such. But if you have quit drinking because you have a problem, it is very difficult to a lot of times have the alternatives, you know, so right. um, or the, the those drinks that are like a beer or a wine or whatever it is. So let's talk about the uh, the drink, the mocktails, what you have to offer and what makes them so enjoyable. Like what ingredients are you talking about? So we have four different flavors. Uh, one of the most popular is the mango margarita with jalapeno. So I, the four flavors, each are mixed with fruit and herbs. We have two that are more on the herbal side, like uh, strawberry, basil, smash, rosemary, vanilla, lemonade, and the margarita that has a little bit of a spicy kick and the raspberry lime ginger beer that it's not like a ginger ale. It's uh, like a, a true ginger that you would use in the, in cooking. Um, so it has a little bit of heat. So that was really, really important for me to have that extra layer, that that herb, because you want it to be a grown-up drink. Um and it's replacing alcohol. So you want it to have something a little special uh, with a little bit of a kick. So that's why we, uh, it was very important for me to add the herbs. I like it. I like it. It sounds really good. And just real quick, like what are some of the trends that you're seeing with non-alcoholic beverages as we enter the new year? I think I mean, the category is just exploding. I mean, when we launched at the end of 2020, everyone said, you know, it's here. The category is going to explode. And then just during COVID and now we just see it growing and people, um, I really see two things. People aren't calling them mocktails anymore. They are calling them, um, you know, we call them alt tales, actually, alternative cocktails, because there was a lot of stigma behind the word mocktail. So I see people playing around with what they're calling it and what they're drinking. Um, you know, there's sober shops, there's more mocktail menus now at restaurants. So I think people are just just having fun with it, um, trying different N.A. beers or wines, if that's what you are into. Um, and then just yeah. you know, we, we are embracing it. We are embracing it. And there's sober bars and it's really uh, it's really great. And it's about also getting healthier. And I love that we are looking to do that. So 
where can we find you and where can we find Nope? So we are in CVS. Um, we are, there's a couple things in the works that I can't quite say uh, yet, but hopefully it'll be official in a few weeks. Uh, but we're also online and you can go to our website. And if there's a location or a store, a smaller grocery store or a sober shop, all of our locations are online, which is uh, drinknope.com. Oh, you can also order there too. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and what you're doing. I myself, I'm seven years sober, so it's awesome to have something like this available to me. And uh, thank you for seeing that there was a need and actually moving forward and making it happen. So I saw that. Congratulations. That thank- seven years is huge. Yeah, thank you so much and congratulations and keep up the good work. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Thank you all so much for tuning in to Wake Up. Today was truly life-changing. There's so much hope for our children. If you would like to learn more about my guest or see today's segments, please check out wakeupwithmarcy.com. I want to say thank you to my guests creator and executive producer of the documentary Code Red, Casey Skirbo, Dr. Tamir Aldad, founder and CEO of Mindful Care, and Beth Ann Schaefer, CEO and founder of Nope Beverages. Next week, I will have the amazing author, manifestation expert, and energy healer, Sarah V, joining me as a co-host on Wake Up With Marcy. If you are suffering with addiction in recovery or looking to heal from past trauma, please check out my memoir self-help book, Amazon number one bestseller, Chaos to Clarity, Seeing the Signs and Breaking the Cycles on Amazon, Goodreads, and Barnes & Noble. Stay in touch with me on social media and check out wakeupwithmarcy.com for next week's guest. Remember to be kind to yourself and others, and I'll see you next weekend. Bye.